Welcome to the Blended Kingdom Families Podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, the founders of Blended Kingdom Families. Our ministry serves to equip marriages, unite families, and ignite faith so that you can flourish an abundant kingdom life. We pray that our podcast blesses you today. Hello, everybody. I'm Scott Martindale, my wife, Vanessa, and we're the founders of Blended Kingdom Families. Hi guys, um, we're so glad to have you guys with us here today. Um, our amazing friend Dana Williams is here. We're gonna be interviewing her today. Dana is the president and founder of Table 112 Foundation, and it's a ministry that is inspiring and equipping parents to have those much needed conversations with teenagers. Um, she is also the host of Lively Conversations podcast, which mm-hmm. we were so blessed to be on last week so with our son, fun. Michael. We yes. had a blast. It was so much fun. And she is married to the lovely Jeremy, and they have two teenagers, um, a boy and a girl. And so welcome, Dana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're so glad to have you here today. So Dana, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your ministry, the Table 112, um, and what Table 112 is and what the 112 stands for. Okay. So I'll start with me. Um, I have a background in kids, youth, and family ministries. So for over 15 years, I've worked in churches uh, in in those kind of settings and uh, saw a real need for equipping and inspiring parents. Um, Table 112, where does that 112 come from? It's it's a long story, but the shortened version is this. Uh, For a while, I stepped out of ministry and I worked for Chevron. And on the very first day, they handed me a radio and they said, your number is 112. They handed me a radio and the keys to the building. They said, your number is 112. And so I started learning to listen for that number. And along the way, God kind of started using that number in my life just to give me little reminders that he loved me. Um, And so fast forward to being the next gen minister at my most recent church, I was working with the youth minister and we were going through a process of working on our time management. And so he, uh, he and I were doing a homework assignment and the job was to figure out what you were going to do with all the hours of your week. And I thought I need sleep. They say you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. So I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. And so I started calculating seven days a week times 24 hours a day, minus eight hours of sleep every day. And I was shocked because the number 112 came out as the number of hours that were remaining. Mm. And I got to thinking that is significant because those hours that remain are the hours that make me me. They're the hours that I get to choose what I do with, whether I'm at work or I'm at play or I'm with my kids or whatever. Like those are the hours that I get to decide who I'm going to be. And so, uh, so that just really stuck with me. And I also love that uh, Romans 1:12 tells us that it's important when we get together to encourage each other and in our faith and that there's this mutual yeah. encouragement that happens when we're together. That's good. I love that. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And so an amazing ministry um, and, and obviously a well-needed ministry. Yes. Now, what inspired you to take it one more step in the, the Lively Conversations podcast? Because when I, when I saw the name of it, I was like, Lively Conversations. Like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what... Tell me about how that was created, why it was created, and, and, and where it is today. Yeah, this opportunity dropped in my lap. My friend said, hey, I've got a podcast studio. If you ever want to start a podcast, just let me know. And I was like, well, what should I do with that? And so I started just kind of dreaming of what it could be and what is kind of missing in that marketplace. I'm an avid podcast listener. I listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts and a lot of podcasts that talk about families. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times those are geared to the parents, but I think mm-hmm. it's so important to open up conversations between parents and kids. And uh, so I 
kind of on a whim, asked my family, would you guys like to do this with me? And so we started out by just my husband and my 18-year-old and my almost 13-year-old at the time. They just jumped on a podcast with me. And I the idea was that we would um, talk about real things in life mm -hmm. and that we would just be our authentic selves and put it out there for the world and they could take it or leave it. But we hoped that at the end that it would inspire a meaningful talk between parents and their teenagers. And mm -hmm. so at the end of every episode, we leave families with a scripture to consider and then a ver uh, not a verse, but a question to talk about amongst themselves. Awesome. And we intentionally kept it really short because I know what it's like to be the parent of a teenager. It's so busy <laughs> yeah. right. and you're driving them everywhere. And so I wanted to give people a tool to be able to push play and start one of those uncomfortable conversations where, hey, like we maybe need to talk about the phone or we need to talk about your friends, but to do it in a very non-threatening way. Yeah. So, and then also in a way that you could complete it and start it and complete it from the soccer field to the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Short Something and quick. sweet. So short right? and sweet. Yeah, yeah. I love to keep, that. Their, to keep their attention span. That's awesome. Yeah. So where can we find the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find it almost anywhere podcasts are found. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of those channels. Mm -hmm. um, we're, you can also find it housed on our website, which is table112.org and mm -hmm. slash podcast will get you straight there. I find it really interesting because most parents, when they're picking up their kids and they, the kids get in the car, and I've heard story after story, like get in the car and then the kid just like pull out their phone and they're mm. on their phone and parent, you're on the wheel and you're trying to get home and you're thinking about what's, what I'm going to make for dinner or yeah. what, where I've got to drop this child off and pick up the next child. I, I think the intentionality of saying, hey, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to listen to this podcast and then for the next three minutes, we're just going to discuss it. Yep. What an amazing use of time. Yeah, uh, that is just super valuable. Well, I found those hours, especially with my son, because he's always been the one who's been more busy than my yeah. daughter, that I found the time in the car where we were sitting next to each other and not necessarily looking at each other, where we could get deeper conversations. Yeah. Yes. So that was kind of the dream of where it started. Now you can listen to it at the table. Uh, I've got mm. a family that we go to church with who often tells me we listen to this as our Sunday night devotions. Mm. And so they wow. push play at the table and they listen on Sunday nights and then they talk about it together. So my favorite story from them is they listened to the the episode where we talked about overusing our phones and just got real yeah. candid about how bad oh, that yeah. was. Uh, and dad said, hey, everybody put in 20 bucks and whoever can reduce the amount of screen time on their phone this week gets the pot. So the wow. youngest that's daughter awesome. got yeah. $80 oh, wow. from her yeah. family because she just put her phone away for the week. Hey, that's <laughs> so smart. It well, was I mean, pretty the, awesome. Your that iPhone will tell idea. you how much you use it. It does. It will tell you exactly yes. how much yes. time. I hate that moment in the week. Yeah, yeah like the little icon. You, you right. spent seven hours and 40 minutes on your phone this week, like, or 17 hours, yep. or whatever that yeah. is. You're yeah. like, wow. Yeah. It's That's, a truth teller. Uh, yes. yes. So where do you anticipate the, the, the ministry, the podcast? Where do you want to see that in you know 12 months, 18 months, 24 months down the line? Absolutely. So the podcast is taking a little shift this year. So mm. we'll start with that one. Uh, my kids needed a little bit more space to be able to come and go on the show and not have it be a, re a weekly deal mm -hmm. for them. And so we're starting to invite other families in, which I love. And we yeah. had you guys on the show because... You know, my family is the poster child for the quote unquote American family. We got mom, dad, boy, girl, like yeah. athletic kid, <laughs> singer, like the yeah. whole thing. And so 
I know that families are made up of all different kinds. Yeah. Uh, I come from a family that's a different kind of yeah. family. And so I think it's really important to give voices and to mm -hmm. share more experiences that are gonna be more inclusive of more people. So I'm looking forward to including different makeups of families and families yeah. who are doing different things than us. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that's gonna be really exciting. I'm working on adding some bonus episodes with mm -hmm. just an expert speaking to parents. So we mm -hmm. will have that component as well. Oh, I love, that. Oh, I love yeah. your face yeah. about that. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I we're working that. toward that. Um, but yeah, so if you know a family that's doing awesome things, parents and teenagers, I want them yes. both on the show together. Yeah. So let me know, send it my way. There's a place on the website where you can yes. submit a suggestion of somebody to talk to. So love I would love that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. you give teenagers the voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we had talked about this uh, after the podcast, uh, we did your podcast, mm -hmm. understanding that you don't get, uh, teenagers don't get a lot of opportunities to get the mic mm -hmm. and to talk and to have that opportunity to step out. Although we tell them to do that yeah. very often and obviously they're seeing this in, in culture, uh, but they don't get a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. to have a voice, speak you know, their mind and, and, and even better to speak from uh, a strong biblical foundation of right. leadership. Um, so it's well, an amazing... That's amazing opportunity for them. A place of vulnerability, too, yeah. you know, um, that they can share what's on their hearts and the things that they're going through. Because right. especially with teenagers, a lot of times it seems like there's this wall. And to get past that, you know, and like what you're doing, equipping parents to have those conversations yeah. to help break those barriers mm -hmm. so that um, we can get to the matters of the heart and the things that they're experiencing. Right. Yeah. So. One of the things I hope is that it becomes a normal part of life. Yes. That you have these conversations every week so that when they do come up, it's not such a big deal. So when the harder ones come up, because they will, they'll yeah. come up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Well, on um, one of the episodes, and I remember following this on social media with Lexi's birthday. Yeah. Yes. It was celebrating milestone birthdays. And I absolutely love this. So I would love for you to explain what you guys do and yeah. Tell us more about that. So way back when my 18-year-old was turning eight, we were a part of a community where the guys would take the, the little boys off and they would take them camping and they would talk to them about being a man and what that means and um, in, in areas of like integrity and things like that. And so when it came time for Lexi to turn eight years old, I got excited because I was like, what are we going to do with her? Um, and I started looking at resources and I discovered that there wasn't a lot mm. that talked about female discipleship Wow! and that it was female discipleship was primarily focused on modesty and purity. Mm -hmm. And I thought there's so much more to following Jesus than making sure that you obey and stay within these boundaries. So what does mm. that actually look like? Yeah. So I really started digging in and trying to discover what are maybe some hooks that I want my kids to hang on to where when they're making a decision, they can say, um, does it fit this? Does it fit this? And like three or four things. So I came up with four things and then, uh, I asked the kids and this happens on the eighth birthday and then the 13th birthday. Okay. There's intentions of doing it on the 18th birthday, although timing didn't work out for justice, although, uh, he did get something else. I'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, so we asked them, who do you look up to? That's not us that you would like to spend some time with. So we gave them, uh, gave, had them give us a list of six people, six adults, same gender, that they wanted to spend time with. And we just said, hey, would you take our kids and spend an afternoon with them or something? And then would you talk to them about one, at least one of these topics? Mm. And um, no one has told us no to this point. Wonderful. Amazing. And, um, and so they've taken them. And when Justice was turning 13, one of the guys 
he used to be an Abercrombie model. I worked with him on the church staff. He was like a really cool single guy. He took him out and he taught him how to date a girl and how to like take her out to dinner. And they did like, they ate through Houston. They went to like five restaurants or something. I don't know how they didn't roll home. Um, (laughs) But um, my daughter, most recently when she was turning 13, one of the girls took her and did a photo shoot in front of some murals and then talked to her about like body image and self-esteem and things like that. So one of the one of those key things that we talk about is identity. Yes. And so uh, just having other adults intentionally pouring into our kids and then on their birthday or right there around their birthday, we invite all of them to come together and we'll do a blessing meal for them. So it's usually a dinner. And um, then they just some, speak some words of truth over them, some hopes and some places where they hope they'll go. And it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's been really, really cool. So um, I'll tell you one other story from that. Yes. Um, my son, when he was turning 13, one of the guys that he invited to be a part of his story was Jim Howard, who was uh, the children's minister at our church. Mm. And uh, he took him out. And to Perry's and they got steaks and Justice had never been there before. Uh, And then they went over to the mall and he bought him a bow tie, a real bow tie, and taught him how to tie a real bow tie and talked to him about integrity and the difference between a fake bow tie and a real bow tie and how a real bow tie is being authentic all the way through. And so Mm -hmm. it became this, um, I guess, a mental hook that my son kind of gravitated towards. And uh, we lost Jim a year ago last week. Um, and when my son turned 18, he had been talking about wanting to get a tattoo. When he finally sent us the picture of what he wanted, it was a bow tie. And mm. that was last year in April. And um, so, yeah, so when he turned 18, he got a bow tie tattoo in memory of Jim and what Jim taught him about integrity. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Those are wonderful stories. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. love that. I, I love that you have a community that does that and that you're intentional about that. That's um, amazing. There's so much intentionality that goes into those stories that... Um, I think it's great. Well, and, and and I think that's so great for just everyone that's listening, whether you're blended or not, yeah. you know, it takes a village. It takes oh. everyone being in community and having friends who are like-minded um, and believers to help pour into your children, mm-hmm. pray over them and cover them. Mm. Um, because as parents and as pastors and youth leaders and counselors and mentors, you know, that is what we are called to do um, for the next generation. And that is just incredible. I love that. We're going to be doing that with our boys. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to use 8 and 13. That yeah. just is what worked out. And and I yeah. found that with those ages, you could start conversations and then they could shift. Um, you know, you'd start yeah. a conversation at 8 perhaps about integrity. and yeah. But then that conversation would change when they turned 13 and they were facing some different things. And then again, it sure. would change again at 18. So, yeah, that was the reason for picking those years. But they're kind of arbitrary. So pick whatever years work for you. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's so important is we really wanted our kids to know we trust these people. And if you have something mm-hmm. that you can't come to us with, you know, yeah. these people Absolutely. are on the approved list. Like, go talk yeah. to them. We bless the that. approved <laughs> list. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, our, our influence as parents has changed a little bit over time. Um, so I wanted to ask you maybe how you see the influence and roles as, as parents. Have, have they, how have they shifted over time? And what is the parents' role in Table 112 Ministries? Um, sure. So how I think that when our babies are born, 
we're in control of pretty much everything. everything. Yeah. You feel like you're out of control, but really like yes. you're the boss of yeah. um, where they sleep, what they wear, all of the things, what yeah. they eat. And as they grow, eventually some of the that autonomy shifts to them. And so sure. we have this positional influence over, their, over, over our kids when they're younger. And mm -hmm. as they grow, we have to start working toward a relational influence mm -hmm. because eventually, when our kids are teenagers, that's all we have. When yeah. they have the keys right. to the car and they can take off on their own. Scary you, there. It yeah. really is. It <laughs> really moment. is. Um, what you have is um, the trust between you, the communication between you, and all of that kind of stuff. So I think it's really important for parents to be working toward that and investing in that and mm. realizing that that shift is going to take place because right. when they are 18 and on their own, that's really all you have. And yeah. so it's this, it's a transition over time. And it, I think it's important for parents just to be aware that it's happening so that we can invest intentionally in it. That's okay. good. Yeah. That's really good. And you also mentioned, uh, I think in, in, in your statement to us, basically when you're ready to make a change, a 1% change made consistently over a long period of time has a, obviously a huge advantage. So uh, tell, tell the folks who are listening more about that concept, about the 1% change concept. Yeah, I think a lot of times when it comes to resources that are made for parents, uh, they're kind of guilt-inducing and mm. shame-inducing, even, even for me. And like, this has been my life's work yes. and, my, and I think, um, you know, my oldest has ADHD. Like it's hard to sit down mm -hmm. on the couches and open up a book and study it together. Like yeah. we just don't work that way. Right. And so uh, I also think that most parents are doing the best that they can mm -hmm. already. And most of us don't need to make a 180 degree change to make a difference. Now, yeah. if you do, right. you know what that is and you're going to, you're going to, be able to identify that thing that you need to turn away from. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ways that we want to be better. And I think sometimes we get these grand ideas of like, I'm just going to tackle it all. But I think if we would just say, I'm going to take a baby step today in the right direction. And then I'm going to take the baby step again tomorrow or the next baby step tomorrow, yeah. that we would find ourselves in a very different place than we are today. So, yeah. yeah. And, and those things can be so small. It can mm -hmm. be totally. like, hey, I'm yep. going to wake up five minutes early today and uh, pray over my son. Or yes. I'm going to be the one who, you know, make an inten intentional effort to be in a good mood when they walk in the door. Absolutely. You know, something yep. even as small as that can start uh, moving the iceberg. Yeah. And I, this is so funny because uh, I, for a while, followed Fly Lady. <laughs> Do you know who she is? Mm -hmm. uh -uh. She talks about cleaning your house and she says, start with shining the sink. Like, your house may be in complete shambles. It may look like hoarders. It doesn't matter. She says, shine the sink. And the funny thing about that concept, and I think it's true in a weight loss and mm -hmm. all of those kind of things, is like once we start building one habit, the other habits start to fall into line. You'll yes. hear people who get out of debt find yes. that they lose weight and they like mm -hmm. they start um, you know, yeah. accomplishing other goals because once we start yes. doing one thing, it builds on each other. And so yeah. I think if we could That's just so say, do the 1%, like we'll all be on a better path. Yeah, Absolutely. love that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And so um, one thing, Dana, um, how would you suggest or what best advice could you give parents that are scared to have those much needed conversations or, you know, those conversations where it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, for probably the teenager and the parent, but what's, what's some advice that you could give our audience on that? Today? Yeah. So for me, prayer is one of those things going Absolutely. into that conversation with prayer behind it. The second thing is not considering it one conversation and done, mm -hmm. uh, especially oh. when we're talking about 
um, sexual integrity or things like that. Like yeah. those conversations need to happen over the course of time and not just a, okay, got that checked off the list. And so right. yeah. realizing like you have more than one shot at this. Yes. <laughs> you have 18 plus years to invest in this conversation. And so that kind of takes yeah. some of the pressure off. And then try to remember what it's like to be in their shoes as much as you can. I know the world has changed since we were teenagers or we were kids. Oh, yeah. And so imagining how they how they feel, how they're viewing the world, what's going on with them, right. and educating yourself about where they are developmentally and the questions that they have right. um, is really, really helpful for having those conversations. So, yeah. Good. yeah. Love it. And <laughs> I know, Danny, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, blended families is, is something that's close to you because mm-hmm. you grew up in a blended family. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you suggest and, or how would you suggest having those difficult conversations or uh, suggestions on how to have conversations like that when you're living in a blended family situation? Yeah, as much as the parents can be on the same page with each other and have communication mm-hmm. with one another apart from the kid, I think that that helps. Presenting a united front makes a big right. difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that, um, knowing that your parents, all your parents are for you, helps a kid to trust Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I think sometimes for the parents that means making a mindset shift of we're going to make the decision that's best for our kid and getting on the same page to mutually enthusiastically agree on what's good for the kid together Um, and and so I think that that may be a better more helpful conversation Um, Jeremy and I use that idea of mutually enthusiastic agreement in our marriage I love that mutually (laughs) enthusiastic enthusiastic agreement yes and so we don't say yes to anything unless we're both totally on board with it and that helps totally taking that you should you totally should (laughs) and it's not original with us but it's been transformational for us and so I think when we get on board about being on the same team Mm -hmm. together and when we bring ideas that create wins for everybody Mm -hmm. yes um, and we have a path in mind of where we're all heading together I think that that helps us to set us up for success and for collaboration and cooperation better than um, yeah Better than the alternative of my way or the highway. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and not to, to, to maybe combine a couple of uh, of uh, theories that you guys are putting together here, but you talked about blended families getting on the same page for for those topics that are of of huge importance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of blended families can't see to eye to eye on sure. a lot of things. They yeah. just they don't see eye to eye on you know on who drops off children here or maybe what that do- child does when they're there. Um, and again, if you combine the 1% concept with the concept of, yeah. hey, let's just be on the same page. Let's try to be yeah. on the same page with this. This one yes. thing. And, and oh, let's yeah. create a mutually enthusiastic agreement on this one thing. Yeah. And maybe that's the only thing right now. <laughs> but let's just try on this. You and, can build on and, that. And build on that yeah. over time. Absolutely. But I think parents today, because they, in blended families, they don't always see eye to eye. But there are things that they can come to agreement on. And I think that that's important to know that there is an agreement to have here and that if you can focus on that, um, you can have those conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's Very great. Cool. Yeah. And so just the last thing, Dana, you know, the mission of Blending Kingdom Families Ministry, um, it's not only to equip people who are going through remarriage, um, you know, uniting families. Um, it, it's, it's really about inserting Christ into uh, the middle of a blended family mm-hmm. to make it a blended kingdom family um, so that people can live out that abundant life that God so lavishly just wants us to have and give us. Um, and I know you're not blended, but what, what does abundant life mean to you? Yeah, I think that it has a lot to do with hope, the hope that we have. The hope that God is telling a redemption story in my life. And so when I work on 
becoming the best version of me, the yes. version that God created me to be, that that helps everybody in my circle. And then from there, God is telling a redemption story through our families, whether it's my family yes. or your family or whoever, he wants mm. to tell a story through that. And so inviting our families into a bigger story than just like who I am and I'm the hero, but this story of yes. like God, God has a plan and he, he had, there is hope in that, mm -hmm. that, um, that whatever brokenness I bring to the table that God can use it, he can transform it. He can make something really beautiful out of it. Absolutely. So. That's so good. Perfect. Love that. Well guys, thank you so much for spending time with us and thank you Dana for, for being yeah. with us today. We are uh, praying for your ministry and think you're doing just amazing things. Uh, thank you guys for listening and watching, and I hope you guys have an amazing and blessed day. Be blessed in all that you do. We love you. Take care. <laughs>